Make more birdies. A bottle of bourbon, a little glass, and some ice. This is not a tip. This is a prescription. Trust me. Mm. If you don't, you will fall out of balance. Welcome to Birdies and Bourbon. Sit down and have a sip. Welcome back, everybody, to the Birdies and Bourbon Show. Uh, joined by Hudson Swafford today, two-time PGA winner. Hudson, how's uh, how's the weather in Florida? It's nice and warm. Uh, <laughs> it's uh, it's good, though. I, I mean, I like the warm weather. I grew up in Florida, North Florida, so uh, live in South Georgia, so I, I like the warm weather, weather over the cold. There's no well, doubt. Well, yeah. we're, we're definitely going to get there in a minute, but uh, since you brought it up, I got to ask, and we'll, we'll, well, let's go ahead and get, get into the college career, man, because growing up in Central Florida guy, uh, pretty close to FSU, and uh, you're, you're a bulldog man. Uh, yeah, I mean, it was actually easy. I had to get out of my hometown, and uh, I hated the Gators. <laughs> and actually, uh, actually grew up uh, playing junior golf with Tyson Alexander, who won last week, mm. and Buddy. And I told Buddy early on, uh, if I have my choice, I'm not going to ever be a Gator, so you don't have to really recruit <laughs> me too hard. <laughs> nice. But, um, now my dad went to Tennessee, my mom went to Florida State, my sister and brother went to Florida State, so I just kind of split the difference between my dad and my uh, the rest of my family, and I went to Georgia. Hmm. Nice. So, so you get all the hate mail from the family then that's what you're saying. I mean, you named off some, some, uh, some big rivals there, man. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they, say, uh Florida state had it in the nineties, Tennessee had it in the nineties and, uh, we've done a little better lately. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'd, I'd say so. So with that, so easy decision for you, were there a lot of other options or I'm sure there were, were other options, but I mean, were you pretty dead set you were going to be, uh, be a bulldog or was it coach hack that yeah. kind of drew you there or? It was funny. I played a junior golf event there when I was like 12 years old, just fell in love with the town, fell in love with the Bulldogs. My parents had no clue why I'd wear a Georgia hat, my summer golf tournaments. Um, it was, it was kind of weird, but I just, I fell in love with it. Uh, just one of those things. I can't even really explain it. I just, I knew I I went there and I, I remember it. It was, Ryan Hibble and Nick Cassini were kind of talking. They were just in a junior event and uh, just saying how great it was. And I, I just really enjoyed being there. Uh, actually won that week. Oh, nice. And um, I don't know. I just to a place that I fell in love with. And I knew if I could play golf in college and kind of have my pick. I mean, they were really a good program. And uh, I, I just wanted to go there and kind of work towards it. And um you know, Hacker called me one day and, you know, asked me if I wanted to be a bulldog. And I just, I mean, it was a no brainer for me. <laughs> yes. I've been waiting on the phone call. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, so you had quite a crew there when you were playing. So who English uh, was Harmon there when you were there? Yeah. Harmon was a year older than me. Adam Mitchell were a year older than me. And then uh, Chris Kirk and Brendan Todd were seniors when my freshman year. Mm-hmm. And then Russell and Harris were the year after me. Wow. I mean, looking at that, uh, looking at the stable there, man, I'm kind of scratching my head going like, what, where's the championship at there? Not disrespectfully, <laughs> but I mean, look at, yeah. look at, at, at the, you know, the products that came out of your class. I mean, you can yeah. rattle off, uh, quite a few that are on tour. Yeah, no, I mean, we won a few sec championships. Uh, we came close. Uh, I want to say I was on three teams that finished second at NCAAs. Mm-hmm. So uh, it was, yeah, it was a tough pill to swallow, but I mean, that's golf, right? It comes down to one week. I mean, we won a lot of events as a group. There's no doubt. I mean, we went to uh, Isleworth, which is probably one of the biggest events in the fall. And we won by 23 and we were the only team under par. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, you know, it, it's golf's fickle, as you know. So it's just, you know, we didn't, we barely missed out a few times, which sucked. And then I went to match play while during my college career. So it, it, it was interesting, you know, it, yeah. can't, I wish we would have had a national championship. That's the only thing I'm really missing from my college days, but I wouldn't take anything away from what we did and, and the sure. fun we had. Cool. Who were you guys playing against uh, during your years that, that, I mean, who was the kind of your rivals out there? Uh, Oklahoma state was always pretty good um ucla usc 
USC with Jamie Lovemark and okay. Matt Giles and uh, a few of those guys. They were they were really good. And then uh, Clemson always had a good team in Florida. But mm-hmm. really, in those two years after Kirk and B. Todd left, it was like I said, it was myself, Adam Mitchell, Harmon, Harris, and Russell, and we battled it out with Oklahoma State, and they had. I mean, they had Trent Leon, uh, Peter Uline, Kevin Tway, yeah. Morgan Hoffman, um, and then they kind of would rotate some a few other guys in. And Taylor Gooch came in towards the end of that. So I mean, it wasn't they. There was kind of it was kind of like a star-sided kind of pack going back and forth. Yeah. We were we were one and two for two years essentially. That's oh, fun. That's fun. And um, had good battles with them, but I mean it. It was close. And then obviously to get stuck by Augusta state, uh, my last year, it kind of hurt, but, uh, it is what it is. It's part of it. Nice. Nice. Right. Right. So, so out of college, uh, you hit the, at the time, uh, try nationwide tour at the time. Yeah. My, my first year out was the nationwide and went to the web, maybe the last few events. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. Um, came out of college, uh, playing good golf, uh, kind of cruised through Q school and then ended up missing my PJ tour car by a shot. Oh, wow. And at the time I didn't really know. I, I did know what it mean, but I didn't really know what it means. You know what I mean? Cause I, I played the summer before playing a few, I just played some mini tour events and I had, I had status nowhere. I was close to getting into some PJ tour events, but it didn't happen. And so I, I just knew I was moving forward. I had full status on the web and I, I knew that, you know, if I just take care of business, I'll be on the PGA tour. And so I looked at it as a positive, you know, I wasn't moving backwards. I didn't, mm-hmm. I wasn't going back to the web, mm-hmm. but I didn't really know what the PGA tour was that at that point in my life, I, I knew I wanted to get there, <laughs> but, uh, I, I knew, uh, I, I knew that this was going to set me up for success. So Very cool. I went there and ultimately got to the PGA tour and, two years you had to you had to win your first year on uh on the tour on, on the nation your way yeah i did and uh i actually had a pretty good year i think i had uh four top tens maybe that year mm. and then a win but i was always complaining because i want i mean i won in i actually won in, in athens right. and um you still hold the course record there, by the way, because I think you set the record that week, right? <laughs> yeah, I think so. I think so. I don't think anybody's beat it. I think it's at 61 that day. Wow. So, um, yeah, it, but I was always lobbying for a point system on the web tour, right? Um, I had a great friend that won a big event that was 144000 back then. And then I, and I won in Athens, and it was 95000 So I had to have, like a second. Mm. So, so my a yeah. win in a solo second to essentially tie that. And I ended up missing my card by like 900 bucks that year. And it was, oh my God. I mean, I started watching, I mean, I'm not gonna lie. I started watching like kind of where I was, what I needed to do as opposed to just taking care of business at hand. Right. And, um, got into a little slump like midsummer, but, um, but all, I mean, on paper, I had a really good first year. And then the next year, I kind of struggled, but not to, I mean, it, that was the first year of the web playoffs. And I finished like 40th on the money list, not to where I was the year before. And then, uh, and then played great in the web playoffs and then uh, been on tour ever since. So. Yeah, yeah. So Hudson, if I can back up a little bit and we'll, we'll kind of progress through. So, so co- you go from uh, obviously high school to college and then college to the web.com tour and, and then transition to the PGA. So is that, you know, you, you said it yourself, right. Is you didn't really know what you were getting into, right. From, from a, and, and you know, you're going to play golf, right. But what does it yeah. really mean? And, and I mean, you know, you rattled off some of the names that you were playing, you know, that were on your team and that you were playing against. And again, turn on, uh, turn on the PGA tour on the weekend. And, you know, hell, a lot of those names are, are still, still out there playing, so, you know, competitively and you can, you know, people are going to progress and get better, but, but was it a shock when you went from college into, to the web and then to the PGA and kind of what you just stepped into from a, a competitiveness, talent, et cetera? Uh, not a shock, but 
I had always known like all my competitors, if that makes sense. So like I grew up in the junior golf ranks. I knew, I knew the guys that I was playing with. I knew the top AJGA players and Southeastern junior golfers. And then in college, we played the best. We played one of the best schedules. We were one of the best teams. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but I didn't really know like how far golf expanded. I mean, so I went to the mini tours and it was the most eye opening thing ever. Like guys I've never heard of guys that were 35 guy, you know what I mean? And, and beating me. And I was like, who, who the hell are all these people? <laughs> like, man, it's like, it, it doesn't matter who you are. It's just about if you believe in yourself and it just taught me quick, like it doesn't, you don't have to have the accolades. You don't have to play D one college golf. You don't have to play the biggest college golfer golf uh, teams mm-hmm. and, and just learn how to win right? and learn how to play golf. And that's kind of the biggest thing. Like I just kind of be, it's tough, but you got to kind of be self-absorbed and you got to believe in your own self-talk and, you know, anybody can do it if, you know, put a little time and effort into it. It doesn't just happen. And mm-hmm. it, that was probably the biggest eye-opening thing, just going out there from knowing everybody that I always play golf with and growing sure. all the way up through college and then going in, you know, my first mini-tour event, and I know, like, 15 people. Right. And, and you're, you're getting hustled by uh, this dude over here that you have no <laughs> idea who he is. <laughs> exactly. And I was like, I mean, this, it's a, it's a big golf world. Cause I, I'm not going to lie. Like I played baseball growing up real competitively. I didn't watch a ton of tour events. I always watched the masters going, I went to the TPC um, bell South a little bit when I, cause I was a Southeastern guy. But after that, I mean, I, I didn't really, I mean, I watched them in British open, but right. you know, I, I wasn't, I wasn't watching a ton of PGA tour golf. I wasn't, I didn't know like a ton of guys. So it was, I mean, it, it, it just kind of opened my eyes to the bigger, the bigger picture and the bigger world of like the golf and, you know, people would just believe in it. So it doesn't matter. Any size and shape can compete in this game and you got to take care of your own, own game and you got to believe in yourself and, and uh, get after it because it's not, not that easy i'd always kind of somebody had always i'd played well and i'd always been in the biggest tournaments and then college i had you know a lot of success and i was playing on one of the best teams and then to start from you know zero as in the pro ranks and yeah i mean it's just a little it was eye-opening and Maybe it was maybe it was a blessing that I didn't go straight to the tour. It kind of prepared me mm-hmm. for when I got to the tour. Mm-hmm. Yeah, was was that a different mindset coming? And, and you know, while it's not, I mean, it is a team event, but I mean, you're still playing as individuals. Was that kind of a, a shift in going from that that college team environment to now? You know, to, to your point, right? It's okay now. It's just me. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you're traveling with your buddies. You're traveling with your coaches. Our coaches like to have fun. We we had a great time. Uh, I mean, traveling to stay in a hotel room by yourself, and I mean, the lonely world of PGA Tour golf and and mini tour golf and Web dot com. I mean, it's it's not as glamorous as people think it is. I mean, people don't ever see that side. They see, you know, some of the big names always always hopping on a private jet, staying in a big house, you know, and chef and mm-hmm. whatnot, but they don't, I mean, and they think every PGA tour golfer is just absolutely loaded and mm-hmm. don't get me wrong. Like we make good money, but I mean, it, it gets lonely. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Yeah. you're, I mean, week to week. I mean, you play four in a row. People don't really realize that you're not at home for a whole month. Right. Yeah. So, and you're just going from hotel to hotel. I'm not going to, complain because i i enjoy traveling um my family comes with me uh a lot of the time they're actually on the way down uh tonight right now but um yeah it's just going from you know traveling with your boys and having a good time and your coaches being your little travel agents and getting you to shuffle around you're going to the best tournaments and uh we were fortunate enough to fly fly private a little bit in college and um 
to being on your own. So yeah, it, it was definitely an adjustment. <laughs> that sounds like so, it. So talking about the challenges and the struggles, let's fast forward to, uh, was it September, 2020? Got a, maybe a late birthday present for you with a victory at, uh, at Corrales. Oh, so yeah. Yeah. Uh, c- congratulations yeah. on that. And, and in the, in between there, right. So, uh, so I think you had a little bout with a couple of injuries and you might've been yep. riding a, a injury exemption there for a minute. Yeah, I was on a medical, uh, my first injury came right after my win in 2017, really it was next year, 2018, I had a great 17 and just missed out on a tour championship. And I'd always kind of been going forward on the tour and mm-hmm. in the FedEx cup and getting better and better. And then, uh, had an unfortunate intercostal um, uh, strain and had to sit out 10 weeks in 18. And right after you won, I, you know, just broke top 70 in the world and moving in the right direction. And mm-hmm. life was, life was great. Right. Moving. In. Sure. And uh, so I had to sit out 10 weeks and, you know, I'd finally been able to just plan my schedule and do what I wanted. And so then that happened and it was super unfortunate and finally got past that. And, started feeling good but the game was the game was very kind of timid and mediocre it was it was tough i mean i had some flashes of good but i'm not gonna say it was quite where i was in uh 16 and 17 and then um my foot had started started bothering me and didn't really know why and uh had a great doctor in St. Simons, Dr. Murphy, and we had always been kind of consulting about it and did an x-ray and I, he could see like a little hairline fracture in a, in a, in a sesamoid bone. It's about a dime sized bone that sits in the ball of your foot. And I was having a problem pushing out of the ground and he kind of altered my orthotics to make it a little better and take the stress off. I kept telling him I'm great early in the week. And then as the week goes on, it gets worse and worse. Sure. And we kind of finally dove into it. And he's like, look, we can go in, take, take this bone out. It's like, it's kind of like the appendix of the foot, let it heal. And when we went, we, we did the surgery, ultimately decided to do it because walking just became tough. And my foot was turning black and blue, like at the late in the week. So did that. And, um, uh, yeah, I had a broken sesamoid bone. The bone had died. He's like, I don't even know how you've been walking on this. Wow. And um, so it, it was it was a good decision. And then uh, came back from that and feeling great. Actually uh, started to play some good golf. And I was on my medical and um, played okay in the fall. Came back for uh, Mexico was my first event. And um, in RSM, made the cuts, but didn't didn't play great in those events. And then um, play, and then finished third at Sony. Mm-hmm. Um, so had a great great start. You know, medicals almost fulfilled. Um, and then played really solid at, at Waste Management. And then COVID yeah. came, and I, I really didn't have that many. I think I had. 15 points to go to fulfill my medical, um, maybe, or maybe 20 points to fulfill my medical. And, um, it was, it, there was a lot of unknowns, right. For everybody. Sure. Not, yeah. just, not just me, but everybody. I mean, um, I actually kind of enjoyed being home for that time. That was about the longest <laughs> I've ever been home, uh, since I've turned professional. And uh, so I got to watch my little man kind of grow up quickly, but mm-hmm. the unknown was, it was tough and I was playing such good golf before it, but you know, when we didn't know when we were going to come back and the tour gave you an option to restart your medical or I had one event left and I, I thought about it, stressed about it, talked to everybody I knew about it, about uh, whether I'd restart my medical or, you know, just kind of go on and take my chances with one event to make, I think it might've been like 20 points, but you know, you miss cut, you miss cut or you get in a bad wave. Mm-hmm. Um, there was just a lot of variables. So 
I ended up restarting my medical. Does that, and, sorry, sorry, does that does the medical exemption is it the same for everybody or is it a variable depending on what the issue is? So it's an average of your last three years on tour played, the average number of events that you've played, and then compared to the how many events you played the year before you got knocked out or had to sit out, you get those events left. Okay. So yeah, so I think I had like eight events, seven events on my medical mm-hmm. right, to fulfill X amount of points. I can't remember how right. many. So points. the benefit, the benefit of playing as much as you can, right? I mean, in the event that something unfortunate happens, I mean, you kind yeah. of have a safety net or an anchor there, if you will, right? Yeah, absolutely. So it, it was a tough decision to you know start over, and then so I did end up starting over and didn't really play very well in the summer and was getting a little bit more frustrated and a little bit more frustrated um, and kind of just took some time away and kind of, kind of hit the reset button for a month and didn't play the, like the last month of the season and then the playoffs, I had missed out on the playoffs, but I, I like the fall events. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of them are in Bermuda that I grew up on or kind of in warmer weather. So, uh, right. you know, I, I was just kind of putting my, eggs in the basket. I think I had had like three events left and I had to make a fair amount of points. I had only, I think I only made like one cut in my four events and, um, didn't, didn't play great. And I came out to Safeway, a place that I played well and, uh, and had some success and was playing great golf going into it. it was super fired up and I got there and it was, probably one of the most stressful weeks ever. I don't know why I put so much stress on myself. I made the cut. I finished 58th maybe and playing unreal golf. And I'm just like, this is, this is not working. Hmm. So, um, I had kind of got back to, uh, talking with, uh, Dr. Brett McCabe, a guy that I worked with in 16 and 17, and um and that's, well, the, that's the sports psychologist right yeah, sports yep. psychologist yeah and there was nothing that was going on in my golf swing i mean i was playing great golf mm-hmm. <laughs> it was very it was a six inch game i was really <laughs> struggling between the ears and uh <laughs> it was it, it was i couldn't figure it out and we we just had some great talks and he i, I don't know why he just like look you got a couple starts left you can you can harp on your couple starts. You can lose your card, or you can take go into it and you know take these next this next week as an opportunity. Mm-hmm. Uh, look, you're playing great. Um, why don't you just focus on winning? I mean, easier said than done. Right. And he goes, just be confident in what you're doing, and just a little, a few other triggers just to keep me kind of focused into the moment what I was doing as opposed to thinking of the big picture and trying to think about, you know, the road ahead. And I don't know. I just kind of went to the Putacana after two weeks off and still playing great golf. Um, fell in love with the place and really didn't know if I was going to win. I mean, that's a bonus, right? But got in contention, played great the first two days wasn't thinking about the cut. wasn't thinking about trying to keep my car. wasn't thinking about anything other than trying to get in contention and just have a chance. Yeah. And how was I going to do that? And, uh, Saturday came, I remember, I think I was in, I think I was leading going into Saturday. Yep. And it was actually one of my best rounds on tour. Cause it kind of got away from me. I didn't, I didn't have the greatest start, but I had, a nice little like four hole stretch on the front nine that kind of calms me down. And I, I didn't have my A game and you're not going to have your A game over four days in a PJ tour event. It's just, well, you fired I, four rounds under par. So, I mean, yeah, come on, no, come yeah, on. Yeah, I mean. and it's just like, how do you manage your nine holes, or your 18 holes that it, it, things are a little off. And I did an unbelievable job that day of managing it. And I played the back nine. I made all pars and ended up shooting three under. And that was the day that, you know, I was like, man, I didn't really have my stuff, but I kind of just stayed patient and took one shot at a time. And 
it really did work. I mean, easier sure. said than done, right? Right. But it was very clear, and I was like, the next day, I, I wasn't, and I wasn't in the lead. I was playing with Adam Long. I think he had maybe a, like a one, one or two shot lead. I can't really remember going <laughs> to the last day, but I knew I was comfortable. I knew I'd been playing good golf, and I knew my bad round was out of the way. Right. And and I was had I was in a position to win, and I came out super confident. Um, made a made a nice like four footer for par maybe on the first hole. And then it was, it's kind of off of the races after that. I think I shot like four under on the front nine um, and had it going. I mean, everybody says I made it nervous a little bit on the back nine with a couple shots, but <laughs> being there, it's, it's a difficult, I mean, it's a fine line there with a couple of pins where they were on Sunday of uh, running off the green or you're having eight feet. So I really actually played, unbelievable on that Sunday. And then to hit the shot on really on 16 into the wind, a nine iron to miss it right on the front edge where I knew I had a chance to make birdie and lipped out and then 17 to hit a flighted six iron in there about 10 feet right behind him when probably not very many people were hitting that green. Yeah. Hell of a shot for, for sure. I mean, you, you, when you hit that shot, you had to be, uh, you, you had to be sitting in a pretty good spot. <laughs> for sure. Mentally. I mean, I knew I had control all day of my golf game and I knew, I knew on kind of on 12 when I hit a shot and came back down to my feet and then I yeah. hit it. I'm probably one of the best chip shots of my life from about 40 to so 25 yards below the green in this area up to two feet and make par. And I knew, I knew I was going to win that day. I didn't know how I didn't know what it was going to, you know, entail, whether I was going to win by five, one, a playoff, but I just knew I was going to win and to just take one shot at a time. Sure. And, you know, not worry about anything that bad happened or anything that good happened, but just kind of stay focused and, uh, you know, making a putt, whether it's for 10 bucks with your buddies or, you know, a PGA tour win, there's nothing better. And there's no better feeling. Like all my friends asked me how nervous I was over that putt. I wasn't nervous. I've been putting well all week. And, uh, <laughs> funny story, my caddy and I, he read it to go one way. I read it to go the other. Oh, and then he looked at me and goes, man, just hit a solid putt. It'll go. Man. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so we didn't even really know. We didn't even really know which way it was kind of breaking. And the greens were a little bumpy at that time. Oh. So, you know, I had a great last putt and it went right in the middle. And, you know, it was, it was all she wrote. <laughs> That's funny. funny. Yeah, that uh, that shot on twelve. You know, it's uh, and I think that's one of the. the, Yeah, there's plenty of courses where TV doesn't do it justice, right? But I mean, you're talking. There's quite a bit of elevation from where you were to to that green, and you you hit a bad shot, right? Sorry to call that out, but it it wasn't great. It it was a bad shot, and better than better than Dan could do. But nevertheless, (laughs) uh, but then you know you step right back up to the ball, and you know and hit just an amazing shot after that i mean is that i mean that had to kind of get you right in the head right and like like hey yeah i'm back on track and moving forward absolutely man i was in total control of my golf swing um but yeah like you said i I couldn't even see the pin honestly down there so i'm chipping and i could not see the pin that's how low i was below the green and people don't really know i mean it's a it's a pretty dramatic fall off over there. It's not in a good place to be. And I, I thought I had a little fluffier lie. I thought I could go up top and maybe just hit it across the green over to the French and, and, you know, hit it like 20 feet and just two putt and, and get par and out and get out of there. And I really didn't have that great of a lie. So, uh, so I tried to bump the next time and, uh, hit an unbelievable one up there. You know, I, I was trying to do, I was trying to bump it into the hill and just hit it over to the right. French because I knew, I was still in control and just make bogey and, and move on. But, sure. uh, I got, uh, got a little, a little, a little, a little more thing. than you asked for. I mean, right? That's what happens when you win. 
Yeah. Yeah. And, I mean, that's what happens when you win. Yep, sure. It's yeah. It's, it, it, it's, uh, yeah, it's fantastic. And then fast forward, right, to the end of March. And, uh, you know, you come in sixth place at the same course, right? So yeah. I'm thinking I know where my money's going uh, the next time you show up to Punta Cana. <laughs> that's so, right. And, Not and, like that place. <laughs> is that a course? Did you, I mean, is that a course that you liked prior to? I mean, the victory is obviously going to make it extra special, but it was that somewhere that, that did that win take you? to like the next level at Corrales or is that always a place that you're like, eh, you know, I kind of got to, you know, it, it, it's my place anyway. Man, I had only played there one time before and my game wasn't in a great place. I actually liked the golf course, but I didn't, I don't think I putted very well that week. And I think I missed a cut by one and I, I, I was struggling at that time. I was a little negative, but um, I knew when I went back when I, the year I went with the, week I won, I knew the golf course would suit me and long par threes, a lot of long iron, mid irons, the greens can get bumpy. I mean, I grew up on bumpy greens. Like it's, this place is perfect for me. Right. And, uh, you know, it probably favors a little longer hitter cause you can carry certain bunkers and, um, and get after it because it's a pretty long golf course. Honestly, it's probably, 7,500, 7,600, um, and windy. So it, I knew it was a place that I should have success at even after, you know, missing the cut by one there a few, like a year or two before. Sure. And, um, it was nice. That was a full FedEx event cause got me masters and, um, you know, and got me 500 points, which is, yeah. Very nice in this uh, line of business. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Your second trip to the Masters, though, correct? Yeah, it was my second yeah. trip. Yeah. Yeah. What's, uh, what's your take on uh, the Masters? You can't wait to get back next year? Absolutely. I love it. I have not played my best golf around there, but um, starting to get more of a feel. And uh, I played a fair amount of golf around there. But, man, it's, it's crazy what they can do with that golf course and how they change it from – you know, Tuesday to Wednesday to Thursday to Friday type mm. deal. It's crazy. It's not, it's like on a, it's, there's no other golf course that can do that really. Mm. But, uh, it's, it's a, it's a great tournament. I mean, it's my Super Bowl, So sure. Yeah. I, I, uh, I can't wait to get back. This is Chris Hall from Local 3 and Muffs and Turners, and you're listening to Birdies and Bourbon. Enjoy and hit them straight. Do you find yourself so, you know, week to week and, and we, Dan and I were joking a couple of weeks ago. I'm like, uh, I'm like, man, I feel like we got a Pete die hangover here. Just, just all in fun. But I mean, there was a stretch yeah. there when I think there were five die courses in six weeks, six or seven weeks or so, I quite a few. And um, I, I don't know who's your favorite golf architect or what course do you, what, what architect do you prefer to play on? <laughs> Wherever I play well. <laughs> Um, fair enough. Uh, I'm probably not in love with Pete Dye golf courses. Mm-hmm. Um, just being a fader of the golf ball. Okay. I feel like it's a little, a little tougher maybe off the tee and the ones that I've played for me. Cause really you want to kind of, kind of hug the trouble. On sure. Pete Dye golf courses that are a lot of draw holes, but um, he does require a cut into the green, so that helps me. But um, can I? I kind of, I kind of like Nicholas golf courses. Hmm. Um, nice. I don't know why, but <laughs> I kind of like some Nicholas golf courses. Even though I actually did win on a Pete Dye golf course, I won, I won in the desert on a stadium course, which is a P die golf course. Um, but I like, I like, uh, it all depends. I just, I, I, I grew up on a country club with dog legs and, and kind of that feel. So I, I kind of like that kind of type of golf course, smaller greens, got to, you're rewarded for hitting it straight. Um, 
Mm-hmm. You know, wh- whoever designs it is whatever. But I kind of like like the old school country clubs versus just wide open and hit it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You find yourself having to change your, uh, I'm going to say change your swing. And I don't mean the mechanics of your swing, but I guess more so, uh, and I don't want to say strategy either, but that's probably the direction I'm kind of saying. I mean, is it, you know, when you, when you get to the course and you know yourself and your caddy and you're playing practice rounds, I mean, is that really the, is that what you're kind of doing is mapping out? I mean, are you, are you picking places that you're going to hit each shot? Or, or yeah. Or, picking you, lines, yeah. picking starting lines, uh, just getting a feel for how the golf course is, uh, are playing usually i mean this being my eighth year on tour i've played most of all of the golf courses now um but it's yeah just kind of getting familiarizing yourself with kind of the way the balls bounce and the greens are rolling um but i know how most of these golf courses change over the course of the week so you know in a practice round you might be hitting driver on a certain hole but you know come sunday afternoon you might be in five wood because the run out or something sure um so that's, that's just little nuances like that, but just getting, usually just getting my starting lines again and then kind of just seeing how the ball is bouncing. So that's, that's the biggest thing I look for in practice rounds. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I don't, I don't want to skip over. I think you mentioned it, but your, uh, your first win in 2017 at the desert classic at PGA yeah. West, right? Um, and had a little lull in between there. So were you, were you, I mean, obviously you're a professional, you're an athlete and you're damn good at what you do. So you want to win, right? I mean, yeah. I, I think the expectation of somebody walking out there with expecting to win every week with the talent that's out there, it's probably not a realistic expectation to have. So I think you get, you know, you're probably managing goals. Um, but I mean, you got to get hungry, right? At some point. And, and is it more, Hey, I need to keep my card. And, and I want to continue to play golf or is it I want to win or is there, is there a balance that kind of keeps you grounded and where you need to be? No, mine's I want to win. I want to get, I want to just, I want to get in contention as much as possible because you're ultimately going to get more and more comfortable and then you're going to have more and more chances to win. Mm-hmm. And so it's really, my goal is getting in contention and seeing how I react and seeing, you know, good play, you know, when it, when it really, really matters. Um, so yeah, that, that would be more my goal is just trying to get in contention. And like you said, though, all my injuries, that was right after I had two injuries. So my 18, 19, it was really kind of broken up between injuries and a mm. little bad play. And yeah. I probably sat out 20 weeks for the two injuries so it was, I mean, it was, it was, it was, it was not very fun two years. I mean, outside of the injury, I mean, it's gotta be challenging to get, you know, anybody that plays golf, right. At any level. I mean, there's some rhythm there and oh, yeah. that, that's gotta be the challenge of how do you get that rhythm when you, you know, you've got the injury and the other, the other things kind of happening. I mean, you really just can't get in the swing, right? Oh yeah. I mean, golf's way more mental and physical, especially at this level. All right. And uh, you see some good golf, you just kind of feed off of it and, mm-hmm. and you go with it. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, getting hurt, sitting out, and then coming back and not having a ton of success. It was a little tough. Started down what you're doing and doubt creeps in and that. Then you start searching and it, 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 the trickle down can just be miserable. But um, now back, uh, kind of back going in the right direction, which is super nice and enjoyable. And, uh, and knowing that, uh, validating what I'd done those few years and knowing that I can win out here and be a multiple time winner and win at any time is, uh, is very, very rewarding. And I look forward to doing it again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a- absolutely. Hey, we're, we're, uh, we're, we're cheering for you for sure. For so, sure. You're in uh, what just outside of Tampa, Florida. I guess p- closer to Clearwater at yeah. uh, Innisbrook at the Copperhead yeah. Course, uh, the Valspar Championship. You feeling good this week? Yeah, feeling good. Uh, doing some good things, getting a getting it back on track and uh, tightening up my golf swing. So it's uh, yeah, I'm I'm ready to go this week. I'm I'm looking forward to it. Very cool. And so when you're playing, who's um, 
you got some Monday games or Tuesday games that you're playing with a regular group or regular folks or some alternation. Yeah, normally, I, yeah, normally we play some money games, but this week it's coming on off and off, from an off week. So, uh, and my caddy and I, we kind of just went out early, just me and him on Tuesday and, uh, played 18 holes and, you know, just, just us two. And then we kind of just did our work and it was kind of, it's kind of nice. We got it done quick. I mean, I'm not going to lie. Practice rounds can drag on. I'm not, I'm not a big fan of playing like five, six hour practice rounds. So <laughs> it was kind of nice getting out early, wheeling around, getting our work done and not uh, sure. just kind of chilling. Nice. Yeah. So, so what else, uh, obviously this goes on during the week of a tournament, uh, talking with folks like us, but, uh, what, yep. what's, what's the, what's the not sexy part that we don't see. So, you, you know, you get to show up, you get, uh, exclusive access to the course, you know, it's kind of, Hey, here you go. Everything's set up, kind of catered to you. What's the other, uh, if you want to go, if you want to talk about it, like the, what's the other, you know, the shit that goes on, it's like, Oh God, okay, here we go. <laughs> well, I mean, it used to, it, before pre COVID, it was kind of nice. I mean, if you're in the pro-am on Wednesday. You can be there on, you could show up on Tuesday or heck you come, you know, Wednesday, depending on where you lived right. and just get your feel of the course. But, uh, now with all the testing that goes on, you, you gotta, I mean, most guys show up on Monday to get tested, um, maybe, maybe Tuesday morning they do, but, uh, so it just makes your weeks longer, um, yeah. more kind of sitting around in the hotel, more just dead time. Mm -hmm. But, um, so it, it just, yeah, you're, I just feel like your traveling time increases yeah. uh, significantly, but, um, it's part of it. Um, you know, sitting in a hotel room, you know, sitting around and waiting, back, right? watching, yeah, watching Netflix, um, <laughs> working out at a different gym, a different – I mean, sleeping in a different bed every week. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. But it's it's just part of it, and, you know, yeah. picking up and just moving. It's like one big traveling fraternity. So what are your – what are top top two or three you like to go play every year, whether it be like the the, the city you're going to or the course? What do you like? What do you, what's, what do you most look forward to? Uh, Sony's one of my favorites. Um, I don't know why it's just, it's just like the golf course I grew up on. Oh, nice. Um, it's cold everywhere else in the United <laughs> States and we're on, and we're out in Honolulu. Um, and it's 85 there. Mm -hmm. Um, and if I, I think I've had four top 11 finishes. Let's say it doesn't hurt that you played really well there. So. Yeah, I played well there. Um, I really like uh, Bay Hill. Bay Hill's one of my favorites. Mm -hmm. um, it's pretty close to where I grew up. Um, I've done well there too. Um, good golf course for me. Mm -hmm. uh, I enjoy going to Memorial. Mm -hmm. I like that golf course is just hard. He likes the tough ones, man. I know those are tough courses. Yeah. Gosh, <laughs> that one's a great that is a great event too. Have you heard much about what he did, like what he did there this year, and how it's going to look? I have it. You know what? Yeah, I know. I, digging up the dig, resodding it. Mm -hmm. I, I mean, mm -hmm. no telling. But yeah, I know. I haven't heard. Mm -hmm. you know, moving bunkers, changing green complexes or whatnot. But I know he kept adding tees and making it a lot harder yeah. and a lot longer there yeah. for, uh, yeah. as we played it last year, but, uh, I'm looking forward to going back and uh, embracing the challenge. Nice. Nice. What's, uh, Hey, what's your take on? So you, since you mentioned it, so, you know, it, it's the golf ball, it's the equipment, it's to make it longer and you, you know, there's only so much real estate, right? And, and there's other courses that have more than others. And I, maybe a boring question, but I mean, do you think it really matters? Because it, it's, I mean, if you look at it, the players themselves, right? I mean, you've got the, the opportunity to do equivalent equipment as everybody else, right? Be it the ball, the yeah. club. If you want to take the, you know, the, the Bryson route and you want to do, you know, a complete overhaul of your body, or you, you can name any other players out there, right. That, that are doing different things. Self, right. I'm sure there's extensive rehab that you were doing through, uh, through some of the injuries. So it, is it, do you, do you think it really matters? Because it's kind of like, do you want to go to a basketball and, mm -hmm. and see the score, you know, be 40 to 42, or do you want to see, uh, I, I want triple digits on both teams and I want everybody kind of going through on the, the whole distance argument yeah i mean people like birdies right that mm -hmm. makes our sport interesting mm -hmm. 
And Some people love the U.S. Open and watching bogeys and, and us be miserable, but that's not – I mean, I'd, I'd be bald right now if I played the U.S. Open 25 times a year. <laughs> and uh, just I, I probably wouldn't play golf. <laughs> it would be very – it's a very stressful, tough week and just mentally fries you. But uh, the distance thing, I just – I think athletes are playing golf now, yeah. right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. people are paying attention because of what Tiger Woods did. Um, it's not, I mean, it's not guys that are, you know, just drinking beers and hanging out and they have, then they're gifted at golf and uh, they just grew up as a local country club. You know, it, it's people from all, makes and models and we have so much more technology now uh with TrackMan and you know flight scope foresight anything to uh, i mean when i when i was growing up i was always taught to swing smooth and you know hit it and that makes the ball go straighter right now these kids are taught to hit straight (laughs) up on it and hit it as hard as you can so I, i don't know i mean jack always says that he thought that his ball speed would be around 180 I mean, it, he was long. He and Arnold hit it long. They just had a distinct advantage, right? Mm-hmm. And I, I just don't think the distance thing is much different than it was. I just think there's more people doing it. Mm-hmm. And uh, But I think it's just like an athletic move because of what Tiger did. Um, and you, you can look at baseball. I mean, when I was growing yeah. up, I mean, if you threw if – you, if you were hitting 90, you were going to – be looked at and potentially drafted and, and you were going to have a chance to make it to the big leagues. Now 90, you're not, you won't even make your college team. I mean, 90 is the new 98. Everybody throws 98. It's just the technology and what you can do in the gym to kind of push limits. Now our career is going to be as long as they used to be. That's, I don't know. Well, yet to, yet to be seen, right? Because there, there's some, you know, there was longevity and Hey, if I go out and do this, it's going to work. And, and now you have, uh, you know, pioneers, if you will, that are trying different strategies, taking different approaches. And, you know, it's, uh, you've got to have a fair enough sample size to be able to measure to say, is that successful or is it not su- successful? And what works for one doesn't work for the other, right? 100%. Yeah. The distance thing, I think it's just, uh, they're harping on the wrong thing. Roll the ball, roll, yeah, roll the golf ball back. Like, why? How? Why are you going to go backwards in this sport? It's really hard. They're looking at the point zero zero one percent of this sport, mm-hmm. and I, I just don't see rolling the golf ball back making it softer. I don't think you have to lengthen golf courses. I mean, other than other than Stewart Singh going crazy at Hilton Head, I mean, it always holds its own. Sure. Colonial always holds its own. Mm-hmm. The two shortest golf courses we play, right? Yep. Um, yep. Well, you, you, you said it earlier from the, yeah, I mean, how much, in, and I, I, Dan and I both can agree with you, how much golf did we watch as a kid? Yeah. You know, har- hardly any. So you, hey, you want to, uh, you want to detract fans? Uh, well, there's probably a good, you know, it, it, yeah. not, who, who am I to say, but you know, just, just in common sense, it's kind of like, okay, does that really work? And, you know, I don't think people want to see people not succeed and, and, and overachieve. Right. I mean, that's kind of the, 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 uh, the way, right. I mean, it's good yeah. to see people win. So 100%, you know, people want to see birdies. I feel like, I mean, yeah, some people love just watching the, you know, the misery of some, some events um, and the brutal grind, but I just don't see the why the USGA and the RNA are harping on the distance thing because, honestly, it's just it's athletes playing golf now. That's, yeah. that's the only difference. I think, yeah, some people can maybe fly it a little bit farther, than uh, the older generation, people, they were using wood. I mean, it, the swing speeds hadn't haven't really changed a lot. Um, ball speeds, if they had that technology, probably wouldn't be crazy different. But the top to bottom is what changed. So when I even when sure. I first got on tour, I was, you know, I was probably always 
top 20 in driving distance right around and my driving distance hadn't really changed. And now I'm like 50th, but the top guy hasn't really, the number hadn't changed. It's just, everybody's doing it. Yeah. And, um, so even, yeah, honestly, I, (laughs) I think this, the golf ball and the technology has helped the shorter hitters and not the longer hitters other than what Bryson's done. I mean, that's crazy. Don't get me wrong, but it's brought shorter guys with slower swing speeds, able to hit up on it and have no spin. But if I, a guy that, I mean, I'm like a 177, 178, you know, guy, if I hit up on it with no spin and miss it just a touch, I mean, that ball is out of here. It's over the fences, right? Sure. And, but if you, aren't swinging quite as fast and you can just get hit these knuckle tumblers. I mean, the way they cut the fairways on tour, then the ball is just going to roll. That's another deal that they never really address how they set up golf courses, how firm and fast they set up golf courses. So if you have good launch condition and you're super optimized, I mean, you're, you're going to hit the ball forever on tour right? unless it rains. I mean, if they want to, if they want, if they want to roll it back, they should just water the fairways. <laughs> there you go. Car, car path only. Look at Augusta last uh, in April. Those those greens look brown, man. <laughs> yeah. Were they tough? Yeah. Yeah. On Thursday. Ooh man, Tuesday. Yeah, Thursday was tough. I mean, it, it, it was a little breezy. The greens were super quick, mm-hmm. and uh, they got really firm. That round that Justin Rose played, it was it'll be the round of the year hands down yeah. in the player's eyes. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, I mean, if you really want, if you were, I mean, make the fairway soft and make the greens firm. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you, if you really want to do, if you want to really test and then you'll see normal yardages. Yeah. And balls, how much, how, how much, uh, how much 285 and, and not running out right. 40 yards. Yeah. yeah. How much meteor are we going to get on that 286 yard drive? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Zero. <laughs> <laughs> Which that leads me into. So what's your thoughts on the uh, player incentive uh, program? Uh, I think it's, uh, I think it's interesting. I mean, I think it'll push you to get on social media a little bit more, mm-hmm. although I'm not really good at just talking to my phone and holding on to my phone. <laughs> there are plenty of guys that are and uh, definitely very popular, um, but good play can definitely take care of that. Mm-hmm. But it, uh, man, it's a lot of incentives, no doubt. And, um, it's a, it's a cool program. I think it'll, I mean, it just some, uh, it's almost like some free money that you can go after, you know, on and off the golf course. So, you know, any incentives to keep you going and, uh, keep your drive alive. I mean, is uh, is a great thing. And, uh, so I, yeah, I'm looking forward to another avenue of, uh, making a living. There you go. Yeah, yeah, I think it's interesting in the way that they did it because, you know, is that $40 million that they weren't already spending? I'd say probably not. I would say it was already going to some media outlet. Um, and, yeah. and, and, hey, if we're going to spend the money, why not give it to the people that are keeping us alive, right, being the players? Yeah. So I, I think that was a smart move. I'm a little surprised to see that someone didn't come in. And, and I don't know the back end workings and who's managing that, you know, what have you. But I am a little surprised to see that because somebody, as I would look at it, if, you know, if, if I'm a, uh, a PR group or, you know, a, a media group, well, you just took $40 million out of my pocket. Right. And, and I'm just saying selfishly and Hey, yeah. what, what did I do wrong as a, as a media outlet for them to take it back? And I'm not saying that they did anything wrong. I think it's uh, you know, again, Hey, spend the money and you know, charity starts at home. Right. So, yeah. so why not incentivize the folks that are already generating the content to do it for you versus allowing somebody else to do it? So, yeah, I, I, I think it's pretty positive. I, I mean, I, I think that it's um, I think that as a fan, you know, I want to hear it from you. I don't want to hear it from uh, from from the media outlets. So I think that that's uh, that's a step in the right direction. And again, to create that connectivity. Right. I mean, what we're getting right now today is, uh, you know, there's some positivity, positivity coming from the sense of, hey, we get to interact. Right. Or, or our listeners are now getting that that one to one, if you will. Right. FaceTime and and getting yeah. to listen to Hudson Swafford. I, I think it's a, a pretty good avenue. Hopefully most of the players see it as 
as it's driving a positive behavior and positive interaction and not like, oh, hey, you just added uh, another uh, an- another activity to my daily checklist. Uh, you know, and, and hopefully, you know, folks like us that are that are engaging and interacting are, are making it fun uh, for you. So I, I think it'd be beneficial for the players to kind of say, hey, you know, yeah, granted, it's it's probably us up to us to 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 help and aid in you know what's fun to get us through. We definitely wanted to do a blind tasting, but as you're getting ready to win tomorrow, I under I, I, I get yeah. it. I get I, it. I actually um, have partners with some guys that we. We have partners with uh, in a spirits company, and we have a uh, man. We have a great six-year-old bourbon that I'm a big fan of. Might have to get it to y'all. What? Can you share? Can you can you yeah, share? It's all, all nations. It's based. It's based and bottled out of uh, Atlanta, but it's about to be uh, distilled in Kentucky in uh, in Garrard County in uh, Lancaster, Kentucky. About an hour, about right at an hour south of Lexington, okay. right on the Bourbon Trail, and it's. Uh, I mean, I'm pretty biased. I think it's all barrel-proof stuff, but we have yeah. a rye and a and a, and a six-year-old bourbon or eleven-year-old rye. Then we have a fifteen and eleven-year-old blend. Hmm. And uh, and you said it's, it's called all all nations. All nations, yeah. Do you? Uh, so it, it we came up with it, and I didn't know the backstory behind it. But Carrie Nations, she's the individual okay. that started Prohibition on her own yeah. through uh, Kentucky. And uh, we actually have our house on um, on our piece of property in Kentucky, right on the Bourbon Trail, that you can, you know, go in and see. And uh, so it says on our body, like all nations except Kerry. <laughs> and uh, it's you know, it, it's been a cool little ride. We we've actually some guys, uh, my coach, uh, myself, and a few guys out of Atlanta. We wanted to do a, a bourbon business. And kind of get into it and do a craft bourbon. And um, we had David Pickerel as a consultant, sure. as you'll know, who was a serious legend, did Whistle Pig, Maker's Mark, uh, done numerous stuff. And right as we were starting to uh, get it really going and uh, starting to buy a little, uh, buy a little juice for uh, sourcing. He uh, had a heart attack and ended up passing away. Oh, I mean, man. I put this guy up there as like Scotty, like about like Scotty Cameron of kind of the bourbon world. Yeah. And um, man, it was super unfortunate. We were kind of at a loss, didn't know what to do, didn't know our avenues, what we wanted to do then. Cause uh, he was a guy that was going to kind of help and guide us and, you know, navigate our ways. And um, then we ended up, um, the owner of uh, Scofflaw Brewery in Atlanta, been super successful, great beer company. He kind of wanted to do a spirits company and get into the bourbon world. It caught wind of what we were doing and what had happened, and um, we ended up doing it. And it took probably three and a half years ish to get a product. And now that we have it, it's it's. Uh, it's been great. It's been cool to see. We actually have a vodka. We have a gin. Oh, wow. We have RTDs, but uh, the bourbon, it actually just won a double gold out in San Francisco. Nice. This past week. So uh, I'll have to get it uh, over you, uh, over you I, guys. I'm like, I don't know how in the hell I didn't know about it. I mean, I'm looking at it now and I'm like, oh, shit. Well, of course I've seen the bottle, but I, yeah, I had <laughs> yeah. no idea that was uh, yeah, yeah. S- silent partner. Way to go, Hudson. You can keep a secret. <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's, it's awesome to be a part of and kind of watch it and watch, you know, from the beginnings of doing some tastings and to, you know, watching this whole thing come to fruition and having a product on the shelves. It's been, uh, been super neat. That's yeah. very cool. If, if you're not drinking all nations, what are you drinking? What bourbon are you going to? I mean, I, I'm a, I like Weller. Mm. Okay. Yeah, well, well, guys, see, you got a bunch of it over there in the corner. Uh, I, I, I got, a, I got, a, I got a few. Yeah, um, I'll get into uh, a little bit of Blanton's. Yeah, um, I like maybe. I would say like my everyday. Like if I'm gonna have a bourbon in my house before we got in our stuff, it was. Yeah, I was probably just drinking some Weller. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, not a bad pick. Yeah, not yeah. a bad pick at all. Yeah. Not a bad pick at all. So uh, I know you've got other things to do. We got a we got a quick uh, few questions for you, um, just to see. Uh, let's let's level set with Hudson. So favorite club in the bag? 
Eight iron. Ooh, nice. Uh, oh. But I don't know. I feel like I hit it a lot. So <laughs> yeah. I feel like I can do hit a lot of shots with it. Probably my eight iron and my driver, honestly. Hmm. Cool. All right. I like yeah. I'm so, yeah. So, so football season will be upon us before we know it. Uh, Athens guy, and I'm sure you get back there quite regularly. Yeah, this will be a two-parter, or maybe I'll just expand on it. Uh, what's a must visit in Athens? Could be a restaurant, could be a Ooh, golf course, yeah. could be. There's a lot of must visits, but um, other than Sanford Stadium, um, I, I would say, I mean, Last Resort's one of my favorite little restaurants in uh, in Athens. It's a it's a great. It's a great spot downtown. It's impossible to get in. They don't do reservations on game weekends. <laughs> You're just waiting a long line. Um, the food is great, not overpriced. Great wine list. Um, it's right there in the heart of downtown. Then you can, right after that, you can just stumble to a couple bars and life's great. Yeah, awesome. And then, what's uh, what about a favorite uh, restaurant or uh, it doesn't have to be fancy anything, but on tour um, when when you're when you're showing up to what's like, hey, yeah, I'm excited to show up and play golf as a professional, but I can't wait to go here. Uh, what's the place and what city is it in? Ooh, um, hmm. there's some there's some good ones. Um, <laughs> Man, I actually tell you, well, it's, it's very random. I mean, this play, I'm a big breakfast guy, a morning mm. guy. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, Tampa's got an unbelievable little breakfast place outside the, uh, outside the gate here. It's called Johnny Gritz. It's amazing. Oh, nice. And, um, but dinner place, Colonial with that, um, with the old, the original Del Frisco's is, uh, Ooh. Mm. is a pretty good spot. The double, the double Eagle, mm -hmm. man, there's so many, that's, that's a tough one. There, there's, there's, uh, there, there's a lot of good ones. I mean, um, duck city in, uh, at, in Moline, Illinois, is uh just an incredible place too I, it, every town has their little like place that you're ready when you kind of get there you're like ready to go and you know get a bite best fast food burger on the uh in the u.s oh yeah i mean probably in and out there you go okay what's your favorite game to play um with the guys on the course just skins or uh, it depends on if we have three we'll do do like a nine point but i i mean i kind of like i like just when we have a foursome we're just you know uh just a low one ball and mm -hmm. we'll do like a nassau or something nothing mm -hmm. i mean we'll do like a hundred 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 or something like that and you know it can it keeps your interest during a long practice round right right but um yeah that, that's really it i mean i'm not gonna sit here and, and gamble for my house but yeah right. we'll do something that you know keeps our interest for a five hour 18 holes in a practice round mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, i don't think we have pairings yet uh and the good thing we're at the end of the show because you may be like uh screw you on answering that um <laughs> but, but but so and, and I'm I'm gonna ask it maybe in a different way and I, there's no pairings yet right they haven't been drawn or haven't been been stated or have they? for this week yeah yeah they come out on Tuesday okay yeah. I missed yeah I missed them uh, well let me I'll, I'll re-ask the question the way I was originally gonna ask it who going into the week who are you most excited to get paired with no 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 the answer the question was who you're least excited to get paired with yeah <laughs> no just kidding yeah. just kidding. Uh, <laughs> i mean i'm friends with a bunch of guys out here yeah uh, there's there's not one in particular every every week's a good week uh 
I'm not going to say that. <laughs> There's definitely some people that I don't enjoy playing golf with. Can I read? Let me re-ask. Is there any, are there individuals if, and you can, you can name them or not. Are there individuals that you kind of feed off of more than others that like, Hey, Oh, you see the pairing sheet. And it's like, man, I'm, I'm stoked about tomorrow because this is going to go in a good direction. Uh, yeah, I really, I really enjoy playing with Lucas Glover. He's a close friend of mine. We, we always have a good time. Um, that's cool. Yeah. I, I mean, he's kind of the guy that I played in the U S I played in the U S open as an amateur in 2010 and he kind of took me under his wing. Then he was a reigning U S open champion from 2009 played practice rounds with him every day. Um, but he's kind of, a guy, I mean, I always look to talk to and talk about picking out a good restaurant, hole in the walls in the road. He's, he's the best at it <laughs> and nice. uh, knows all the uh, nooks and crannies of the best places to eat. That's cool. So, yeah, I, I mean, I really enjoy playing with him. We always kind of bring the best out of each other. We give each other a hard time, but we, we have a good time playing golf with each other. So I'd probably say him, but there's definitely, won't name any names, but numerous people that it's not. It makes the 18 holes longer than it should be. Exactly. exactly. You, you get to know your caddy a little more during those rounds, eh? Yes, exactly. That's good. Awesome, That's awesome. Good. Hudson, it has been a pleasure, sir. Absolutely. Uh, we are looking forward to uh, to doing a review on this All Nations bourbon, man. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, we'd, def- we'd love to get connected on that with you. Yep. yep. And uh, all the best this week, my friend. Yep. I hope uh, I hope you put another W in the column. Mm-hmm. Yes, That'll sir. Be, uh, back-to-back, uh, back-to-back year wins. So uh, that would be extra exciting, my friend. Absolutely. Thanks for having me, guys. All right. Hey, thanks for coming on, thanks. Hudson. Thanks. Cheers. Cheers. Next time it'll be all nations. <laughs> exactly. 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 That's right.